This is the Alchemize Your Life podcast. On this episode, we're talking all about magic. What is it? Why would you use it? How is it different than manifestation? Basically, everything you asked us on Instagram. Wait, does that mean I get to learn to fly? Eventually. Yeah. Ooh. Hi, I'm Cian Kenshin. And I'm Stephanie J. And we're here to alchemize your life. In this podcast, we show you how to apply the principles of spirituality, prosperity, and sexuality to create true and lasting transformations in your life and business. Join us at the Prism Institute of Quantum Alchemy as we explore the ancient, esoteric teachings of Buddhism, Tantra, Hermetics, and more. As we weave these primal energies together within ourselves, we repair the fractured consciousness of humanity itself. Join us in liberating the world and realizing that the gold is in you. Let's get magical. Magical or mystical? Why not both? We live in an and world after all. Oh, okay, well. I thought we were going to talk about magic. Well, we are going to talk about magic. And you bring up a really good point because, you know, magic and mysticism are pretty much used interchangeably. Um, or more correctly, mysticism. Hang on. How am I trying to say this? Let me make sure I'm making sense here. I see a lot of people referring to mysticism as magic mm -hmm. is what I'm trying to say. And really, that's like saying uh, that's like the difference between a donkey and a horse, you oh. know? A horse and a pony. Yeah, but it's even more different more than different, that. Yeah. yeah, I know that's originally yeah. what I was going to say is a horse and a pony, but but it's actually more different even than that. So it's I would say more like a horse and a donkey. Yeah, like like when when you asked me to to talk, do an uh, episode on what is magic, you know, I, I, it took me a minute. Like, well, how do I define that? And I had an answer right, right away. Yeah, and, <laughs> and like what came through was really the difference between like the mind of um, a mystic or like a bodhisattva and the mind of a magician, mm -hmm. right? And now in both cases, these beings are quite highly realized, uh, understand awareness, understand the nature of the universe and know how to manipulate it. But the subtle difference that I've been tuning into with the mind of the magician is this idea of, okay, I've disidentified from the material realm. I understand that I'm not subject to it in the same way that I used to think I was. Mm -hmm. And now I'm kind of okay with whatever happens. Mm, it's a field. very feminine energy. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm receptive. Mm -hmm. There's nothing to do because it's all just happening. And it's all perfect and we trust the divine and the universe has our back. Yeah. And, and if you follow the Zen lineage, which I'm part of, like that's the pinnacle. Mm -hmm. Is like there's nothing to do. You're an old man sitting by a river watching it flow by. Mm. Right? Um, like all of the books, this is like the most high, high real, highest realization of Zen. Wait, can we just back up? Are you telling me that your goal in life is to be an old man sitting by a river watching it flow by? Wouldn't that be beautiful? It sounds awfully boring. Yeah, pretty boring. <laughs> unless, unless, of course, I made the river. In which case, it'd be fascinating to watch it unfold. Uh, and this is the difference. 
Hmm. The mind of the magician recognizes that the river will flow by. It also recognizes that it created that river and can continue to create that river and can change the way that the river flows and engages in the dance of the creation, in the dance of light. So and, it's and then like sits back and what and then sits back and watches it. Yeah, so it's almost like, and I apologize for stopping talking over you there for a minute. Um, it's almost like it's the more masculine principle, right? So you've got the like the doer where and the beer. The mm-hmm. doer being the more masculine principle, the electric principle, and the beer being the more feminine magnetic principle. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would characterize it less as doer and more as creator. Yeah, but in order to create, you have to do. Yeah, it's like it's like the okay. I'm I mean, just trying. I'm I'm trying to differentiate it from actually taking physical actions, right? Mm. Uh, of like, oh, you know, I'm building a sandcastle. Instead, I'm like, I'm manifesting a sandcastle, right? Like, I'm creating the conditions where the sandcastle arises, but I recognize that I'm not the one building it. Mm, I see. Right. So doer is the one building it. The mind of the magician, the alchemist, is the mind who's creating the conditions in reality for it to become built. So for you, when I say what is magic, you would say it's the mind of the magician? Yeah, magic emanates from the mind of the magician. It's it's a way of operating with reality that's in parity with the way reality operates. Mm, as opposed to working against it. Well, yeah, I mean. <laughs> that's what we've done all our lives right <laughs> yeah isn't, isn't that what everybody does and so for me because we both reflected on this and it's actually really funny the way this happens is before I was even like truly into magic I would say I was always a very curious person curious little youngster and um even before I'd gone down the magical rabbit hole so to speak I still believed that there were things even being like you know, super scientific and have being in university for, you know, microbiology and organic chem and pre-med. Um, I still believe that there was things like I knew enough science to know that science didn't know everything. Hmm. Well, <laughs> and, science knows that. Right. But most people don't know that. Um, Material scientists. It's like Buddhist scientist. It's like a religion now. Yeah. Like people, people who believe in science. Yeah. As a be all end all. Think that it's like it knows all, right? But the people that are doing science know that like science definitely does not know everything. And so to me, magic has always been simply science that we don't explain yet or that we can't explain yet. And it was always been as simple as that. And we being the collective. We being the collective. We yeah. just don't understand it yet. It's science that we don't understand. And, you know, we the examples I use for that are like gravity. <laughs> we There was a time in human history when we didn't understand gravity and mm-hmm. things falling seemed like magic. Illness, there was a time in human history where we didn't understand bacteria and therefore we didn't understand things like the plague. And we thought that people that were getting sick or when plagues were striking towns that, you know, something bad had happened and God had smited them. Hmm. Right. So that it was magic to them that we didn't understand yet. Now we understand it. It doesn't seem like it's magic anymore. People being left handed. That was a sign of witchcraft back in the day. Right. We didn't understand it. So it was a sign of magic. And even, for example, um, you know, mental health, people that had differing like, you know, schizophrenia or differing mental health conditions were seen to be possessed by demons. So again, it was simply 
Oh, magic was a way to explain completely natural phenomenon in the world that science just hadn't caught up to yet. What's really interesting about that is the birth place of a lot of the science that we hold today as like truth, like chemistry, Mm -hmm. astronomy. Mm -hmm. Um, These things all emanated from alchemy Mm -hmm. and astrology. Yeah, which right. are completely pushed off. Like nobody talks about alchemy. We only talk about chemistry. But they were cons- they were meant to be always sister sciences. Mm-hmm. And they same still, thing. They still are for people who are still practitioners of alchemy, right? Right. But for the average population, they certainly are not. Um, and same thing with astrology and astronomy. Again, meant to be sister concepts. And now astrology has been relegated to like the back of a newspaper or a cosmopolitan. Yeah, it's been rejected by the powers that be, right? Mm-hmm. Which is wild to me because like, let's just use the example, again, another example of like, science just doesn't get this yet. And I'll be honest, I think most of the t- reason science doesn't get it yet is because there's no funding behind understanding magic, which there should be, but well, yeah, there yeah, isn't. Like most of the people who are doing magic are scientists, right? Mm-hmm. Are, are themselves undergoing the scientific method. Mm-hmm. Right of testing hypotheses and then refining knowledge as a result of empirical data. Mm-hmm. Like every magician I know is doing this process, keeping journals. Right. So things. what I'm talking about though is that like in the right now we know that science is really only ever um, following the money. Right now, like let's be honest. So what are we making discoveries on? Things that money is following. Perfect example. We have not figured out something better for um, birth control than stacking our body full of hormones, the woman's body specifically full of hormones. Why? Because there's no money in searching for any other type of contraceptive that is actually successful. And there's a bunch of other theories we can put there, but that's the most 3D realm I can think of. So same thing. We don't see science looking into magical principles that often. But if we want to talk about, again, modern day evidence of magic and, and astrology specifically and the influence of the planets on our psyche and our personality and, and everything, like all you got to do is look at the moon and look at the tides on this planet. Yeah, look at how how direct of a physical impact the moon has on the tides of this planet. Yeah. And then you got to consider that the percentage of water in a human body is what, 80%? Our body is 80% water? It's higher than that, yeah. Yeah, it might even be higher, mm-hmm. or I think it is higher. Mm-hmm. So if the tides are being that deeply affected by the moon, what do we think is happening inside this human body? And how do we think that's going to be affecting us? All you got to do is talk to an ER doctor. Yeah. You know, and and like... And what are the numbers like on a full moon versus a new moon? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in in the ER, it's um, time and time again. This this is this is shown, and this is just one aspect of modern magic, right? Mm-hmm. That magic brings in the understanding of the different energies of these planets, and I can tell you that it goes beyond gr- pure gravity, right? Like it's the energy of the planets, mm-hmm. like to a certain point where when the sun is between the earth and you, the earth's energy affects the sun's energy and you absorb like a kind of a combination of the two mm-hmm. and you can use those for different things, right? Mm-hmm. So some magic is kind of looking at all of the energetic forces in our reality 
and then doing experiments on how do you work with them and what are the results. And we have these ancient, ancient lineages going back before even ancient Egypt mm -hmm. um, that have cataloged all of these things. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really interesting to me to see that like the the modern day theory of a magician is you know more like a mystic right like we're thinking of the psychic and you know the who maybe does a little bit of magic or the witch who does spells with herbs and like both of those things are those are both valid archetypes but we don't when we hear magician what we don't think is as you mentioned earlier scientist mm -hmm. and as we've learned all magicians are inherently scientists it's actually a very empirical process and they're not being a magician and they're not all good and they're not all bad. Right? No. Well, of course, just like not all humans are good yeah. and not all humans yeah. are bad. They're just humans they're that not have all on the path of light or ascension like that. Yes. And that's another thing that I think was really interesting where magic is not um, connected to any type of religion or necessarily any type of dogma, dogmatic spirituality. Like if we look at, for example, Tantra, mm. which is, you know, Tantra is defined as the spiritual science of energy. So in that case, shares a lot of similarity to magic. Mm. However, what we see with Tantra is also a um, spiritual philosophy on top of just, not just, but on top of physical practices, right? Yeah. In a lot of ways that holds you in a certain path so that you don't veer off into the dark side or whatever, right? Exactly. It's, you've got, you've got bumper rails on mm -hmm. and you've got a lot of gurus who, and a lot of systems and checks and balances in place to make sure you stay within those, those bumper lines, right? Mm -hmm. Magic, no bumper lines. Yeah, well, it's it's just science. So like, it's up to you what your morality and your value system is. And like, we can go back to like ancient Samaria all the way to present modern day and recognize the effects of magicians on political systems, mm -hmm. nations, like wars, you know, like, um, who was it? Teresa Bullard say, was saying that like, um, who would actually go into battle without having somebody like cast a spell on their sword and their shield for like, yeah, it'd be lunacy. Yeah. So like the interesting thing is that historically that kind of stuff was more accepted and in, in the, in the mainstream, as far as like powerful people, like using that to bring their will forward in, mm -hmm. in the world. Uh, but in the, in the last couple hundred years, there's been kind of a pushing away of it and, and a hiding of it. And like, you know, it's been up to certain organizations like Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn and, and mm -hmm. other, other organizations like this to protect Thelma. that knowledge, yeah, mm -hmm. to protect that knowledge throughout, throughout history. Um, yeah. Why don't we look at some of the questions? Yeah, so we asked you guys on Instagram. You can follow us, by the way. Uh, you'll find Cian over at Zen Mind Hacker and myself at Queen Sophie Ma. Um, you will find us both there on Instagram. And we had asked you guys, what are some questions that you have about magic? And we actually got a lot. And we want to make sure that we don't. I know our last few podcast episodes have been a little long and we wanted to be we mindful keep some, yeah. of keeping this one short. So we're just going to pick a few here. Um, that feel the most relevant to answer. So the first one that I want to start off with is what is the difference between magic and manifestation? Mm. Yeah, that's a really good one. 
the way I think about it, and, and you can, can jump in here as well. I think of manifestation more as like baby magic, right? Kind of like a gateway where you start to recognize that the previous operating model that you've been given of reality of like cause and effect, action, reaction, Newtonian, Newtonian physics isn't necessarily the best model. Or and, even the only model. Or the only because model. Because we're definitely raised thinking it's the yeah. only model. It, it, and it's not, it's not that the model's wrong, but it's not comprehensive mm. enough. Yeah, it's just one model yeah. that deals with material realm in a very specific way, but doesn't actually answer any of the additional questions. Yeah, it has. it's a tool for a specific purpose. Whereas manifestation includes Newtonian physics as like a foundation, but then goes... And there are these other things that I can do, which recognize the effect of like the mind matter interaction, right? The effects of my beliefs, the effects of my emotions, and the effects of my like ability to have a vision, that all of those things actually affect the outcomes in my reality a lot more than, um, simple physics, you know, and, and maybe simple planning could, could account for, uh, magic takes that and says, okay, and your beliefs aren't the only ones, mm. right? So whereas manifestations working in the local field of consciousness, my beliefs, I have to, I have to open these beliefs up and then I get the gold, mm -hmm. right? Well, it's not just open the beliefs. There's yeah. also a few other steps. I'll but open yeah. the beliefs, do some steps, blah, 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 right? Yeah. Um, but it's working in the local belief system. And in the local actions, right? Because local you also, actions. it's be, do, have, right? So you're also becoming the version of you mm -hmm. that already has mm -hmm. it. But that's all, again, local, individual, solo, human-based. Yeah. Magic kind of takes that and says, okay, I see you. Good foundation. What if... There's more. What if the collective consciousness operated the same way? Mm. Right? What if what if my consciousness and my field right here, right now, and I'm learning to push buttons with manifestation, right? I push, I push the emotion button, I push the belief button, I push the 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 doing button and being and the being button and and things happen, right? Mm -hmm. Um magic says, okay. That's a great starting point. What other buttons are there? Okay, you know, we've 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 learned we've learned to drive a bicycle, right? You know, you know know how to steer, you can lean you can brake, all this sort of stuff. Are right? the training wheels still on? With manifestation, I think you've kind of taken them off. Mm -hmm. With uh, successful ma manifestation. Magic's like, okay, you know how to drive a bicycle. Let's give you a motorcycle. No, I think it's let's give you a helicopter. What? That's not even the same type of thing. Exactly. Oh. It's, 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 it, you're still you're still driving a vehicle, right? You're still driving a vehicle, but it's now like the only but now you have a whole nother dimension. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have fair. like a thousand different buttons. Like how many angels are there, right? Like yeah, you're, 
that's fair. Like it's like a bicycle is like, yeah, okay, like this is cool. I'm like, yay, wee, yeah. this is working. It's awesome. And then magic's like, all right, now you get to learn how to be a, 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 a helicopter, helicopter pilot. pilot. <laughs> just a slight increase there. And let me just, if it's not obvious, like not only is there a certain uh, increase in skill, power, capabilities required and given when we switch from riding a bike to a motor, uh, to a uh, helicopter. helicopter, pardon me. But also, and this is cheesy, but it's so true, with great power comes great responsibility because your fuck up in a helicopter. It's much bigger. It's a lot bigger than on a tricycle. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. So so what are we talking about with buttons and like the local consciousness versus the collective? Mm-hmm. Like maybe we need to define that. Like I think why, that would be very why helpful. is the helicopter so much more complex? So we were talking earlier about the energy of the planets, right? So there's there's seven ancient planets, and each of those planets, uh, like for example, uh, Jupiter is like it's this huge, big planet, right? It's all about expansion, right? Each of these planets um, is kind of like a label for a button that you can push, mm-hmm. right? And so if you push the Jupiter button, you're pushing the button that's associated with expansion, with growth. Certain types of energies, certain yeah. colors, certain fragrances, certain right. everything. Yeah, like Mercury, for example, is communication, mm-hmm. right? And then, yeah, like you said, there's fragrances. There's flavors. There's like the sacrament. Yeah, there's colors. There's colors. There's All symbols. of our five senses. Every sense, including the mind sense, mm-hmm. is act is is Right, activated. so six senses, technically. Yeah. Every sense, including the mind sense, is activated with intention in a magical ritual. Mm-hmm. And the intention is when you hit those buttons in a certain sequence and you hit the right buttons... Um, you're going to create an effect in the field. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't even matter if you believe in that effect. Mm -hmm. This is the difference between manifestation and magic. Manifestation is working within the constraints of your own belief system. Mm -hmm. Magic works within the context of the greater field within which you exist, right? The collective unconscious. Like Jupiter has meant expansion and growth for thousands of years mm-hmm. to billions and billions of beings. Think of how deep that groove is in the collective psyche. Yeah, it's a collective belief field, right? That really keeps everyone, like, it allows you to access the belief field of all these extra people over all these thousands of years. This is why it is important, just as a sidebar, mm. even though we don't, you know, follow the news and we don't recommend that anybody follow the news, really. You can jump in and jump out, but don't follow it. But Right, but the point here is (laughs) it is actually very important to be aware of what Mm. is happening Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. when you have things that are happening on a global scale, like Christmas, let's say, where the entire world celebrates it on the same day, or New Year's, which astrologically makes no fucking sense that it's on December 31st, but we have built up such a collective awareness of New Year's being on December 31st, that now it is energetically a thing because it's been such a a thing for such a long time. So the reason I say that is because as a sidebar, it is a very, very important magician or not to be aware that regardless of the world you live in, the world that the rest of the world lives in also matters. So it's important to pay attention to the collective unconscious and what is moving in the collective space, not just what is moving in your own space. Yeah, because we're 
really as magicians, we're learning how to weave these energies mm-hmm. through ourselves, mm-hmm. right? We're learning how to, uh, I have this really great vision of, of a magician as like, you know, like the God consciousness on, on one side and then like all that exists on the other and his own finger going and pushing the button on all that exists mm-hmm. and affecting the consciousness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and bringing about this sort of state of mind, which mm-hmm. brings out about a state of reality. Right. Um, I think one of the other questions. Do you feel complete on that question? Well, I, I think it's kind of weaving into one of the other questions. I see. About like, are angels real and what are they? Because mm-hmm. we're talking about all these buttons that you get to push in your, in your, your magical helicopter, right? In your magical helicopter that's going to Jupiter. Yeah, that's going <laughs> to Jupiter, you know, and we've been talking about the planets and there's obviously like the zodiac and mm-hmm. there's all sorts of symbols, all sorts of fragrances. There's crystals. There's like... Like literally anything, like tarot cards, anything that you've associated with magic is a button, is linked to a certain energy and even, can be used. Even if it's not associated with magic, like we have plants in our house that are strategically located. That's also a magical practice, right? So these are just normal plants. Like they're not, there's nothing special about them other than the fact that we have selected these plants specifically for their to, energy. For their energy. Yeah. So like jade plants as an example, which are great for abundance and wealth. Yeah, and initially you you learn and you 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 memorize all of the different like what are all the planets, what are all the angels, what are all like There's you, hundreds you, of angels. You, yeah, like letters. What are the different numbers? I was like, gonna say letters, sigils, begin, numerology, like tarot cards, symbology in the tarot cards, colors, the whole nine years. That's the starting point, right? Is like you're you're learning. What are the symbols? What are the, the names of all the buttons in my helicopter? Yeah. So you can imagine if you're like visualizing this right now, you're sitting in your helicopter cockpit for the very first time and there's a <laughs> whole bunch of buttons everywhere around you. Some are buttons, some are knobs, some are Jupiter, dials. Michael, Raphael. And like, they're all in languages purple. that you don't understand. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Because they're all they're all represented by symbology. Mm-hmm. So you have to learn what does this symbol represent and what does that energy turn into? So it's just like learning. If I push this button, what happens in my helicopter? Do I go up? Do I go down? Do I go sideways? Do I turn on? Do I turn off? Do I spin in circles? What happens? So this is what you're learning. Yeah. And another good example that I, I really like, because it's actually really close to it, is learning to play a musical instrument. Mm, totally. Right. So when you first learn to play, oh, shivers. <laughs> when you first learn to play a musical instrument, you don't know anything about the sounds that come out of it. You don't know what all the musical notes are. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to learn. A, B, D, E, G. You know, you have to learn the scale mm-hmm. and then you have to learn what those letters mean on a piece of paper as, as far as the notes. Mm-hmm. And then you have to learn what, uh, so let's say you're playing a clarinet or something, mm-hmm. what are the finger positions mm-hmm. that are associated with those letters? And even your embouchure, how much air do I push how through much, it? Right, right. So, so now you're linking all of those symbols, the, the letter, the note on the page, your, your fingers, and like the shape of your mouth and the, the, the breath, all of those things are linking together to create a very specific sound. A vibration. A vibration or a frequency. Mm-hmm. And the frequency is the ultimate goal of all of that. And, you know, master musicians, once they've really gotten it, they can throw away the notes. They can throw away the paper. They, they can throw away having to think about where to place their fingers. They literally 
feel the vibration and it comes out of them. Yeah, they like become the instrument. Almost. They become the instrument. And this and this is probably the closest analogy to becoming a magician is like in early on, you're learning the notes, the letters, the finger placements, the breath, all of these things. All these extra steps that are required to create one consistent reproducible result, which is the sound slash vibration frequency. Yeah. In magic, it's the vibration, yeah. right? It's, it's actually, they, they say it's the state of mind, but they don't mean the state of your mind. They mean the state of mind in the field. That Our you're mind. In. Yeah. The mm -hmm. whole, the whole field, the more local field, but like the field, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, not, not the brain. Mm -hmm. Um, so like the, the bicycle helicopter analogy is really, really relevant to the difference between manifestation and magic, right? Pretty much anyone can jump on a bike and ride it eventually. I mean, tell that to the three-year-old that's been trying to ride a bike. But yes, I see what you mean. Everyone will figure it out. You've got training wheels. You've got someone there, like a benevolent person helping you make sure you don't fall off or drive into a ditch like I did still have scars from that um, <laughs> um, but yeah like you know you can't really hurt anyone that badly when you're on a bike other than maybe yourself and even then the damage is limited mm -hmm. and, you, and your range is limited too and right. your range, everything's it's limited. It's two-dimensional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can go yeah. in one backwards one or forwards. One, and you can't even really go backwards. Yeah, you really get one direction, yeah. I guess. And then and then the speed at which you go in yeah. that direction, right? Yeah. Whereas you get a helicopter, now you've got four dimensions of movement, basically. Tilt. Speed. Speed, angle, yeah. spin. Like, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Uh, and yeah, and the amount of controls that you have as a result of that is like a lot more. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, magic is like, yeah, it's driving a vehicle, mm -hmm. but the vehicle is way more complex, way more sophisticated, way more sophisticated and a lot more cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Definitely a lot more fun. Yeah. Yeah. So that's beautiful. And we'll, we'll go into in future episodes, we'll talk about, for example, um, some of the questions that came up were around angels and Sian and I have been working a lot with angel magic lately, um, especially as we develop some new programming that we are excited to tell you guys about. So mm. um, we're definitely going to do an episode. You can uh, catch that next week on angel magic. And then the other thing that we're really excited to share with you guys is, you know, as we deepen more into magic, we see how perfectly aligned it is to work with crypto oh my god it's it's beautiful the alignment mm -hmm. like one of the things one of the key things that makes this relevant um in magic is that you you do the magic but you also have to do it in a way that the universe has a plausible deniability right like plausible deniability clause like as <laughs> as if like okay you can do magic but i can't make it happen in a way that would break the consistency or continuity of the story um, for everybody, mm -hmm. right? So you can affect things, but you can't break things. And um, crypto, why, why crypto makes, like leverages that principle is it's massive, it's global, it's chaotic. Mm -hmm. Lots of volatility. And 
there's a lot of room in there for spirit for the the field for magic to affect the outcome Mm -hmm. it can affect the decisions you're making it can affect the results of the projects you're investing in it can affect the overall market like and and you can actually use magic to like like the moon for example to like feel the way that the market is going to be going overall yeah, it's very similar. So in manifestation, we talk about the importance of radical discontinuity and um, exposing yourself to, um, oh my gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Inspired action, mm-hmm. right? And so magic just, again, takes what is that as a bike and puts it into a helicopter. helicopter. Yeah. So you're still in, you're still taking inspired action based on now, instead of just your own belief field, you're going to be driven to take inspired action based on the entire collective subconscious um, field, right? So you're going to be able to make deeper decisions, smarter decisions, faster decisions, whatever the case might be. But that inspired action is now not operating just for you. It's operating on you from a larger audience. And then when we talk about radical discontinuity and manifestation as well, we're talking about doing things differently. You can't just like all of like stay this version of you that is that has the things you have right now and expect the next version of you to show up you have to become that next version of you right that's radical discontinuity that's introducing chaos that's introducing chaos exactly and, and so crypto, crypto is the chaos is the chaos exactly yeah, yeah. so so and it's the abundance mm-hmm. right so so like manifestation works with crypto magic amps that up and um takes advantage of the chaos and the potential abundance uh, to create wonderful, wonderful results in your life. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be, um, we're actually very excited about this. We'll be launching a new program, depending on when you're listening to this. So if you're catching it on the dates that it goes live, um, then you will be eligible to join us for a program called Solomon's Crypto Magic. We'll be Mm. sharing a lot more about this on the podcast over the coming weeks. If you don't know who Solomon is, go ahead and Google him. But he is uh, known to be basically the wealthiest person in human existence. He was called King Solomon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he had the most gold out of anyone in the world. He like collected gold. And he was a magician. He was one of the greatest magicians of all time. So you can see here, we've got uh, King Solomon, who worked very heavily in wealth. um, And we happen to have come across and been downloaded and gifted by the universe, uh, many of his principles and practices. And we've now taken those, embodied them, and applied them to the world of crypto. So if you are at all curious how the wealthiest human in human history Um, used magic to amass that wealth and how you might be able to do the same, you're definitely going to want to join us for uh, these webinars where we're going to share a lot more details. We'll take you through a practice and then we'll share more about the program that's coming up as well if that feels aligned for you. So go ahead and click the link in the description and you can join us on either the 27th of February or the 2nd of March. If by the time you've found this, you've missed both of those dates, then go ahead and just send our team, team at theprism.org, a message and um, we'll make sure to get you on the wait list for the next round. Oh my God, I'm so excited for this. It's going to be really, really, really good. (laughs) Combining technology, wealth, and magic together, like... It's nothing other than magical. Oh, yeah. We'll see you guys next week. We are so grateful that you decided to hit play on today's episode. 
If anything in this episode has inspired you or helped you transform your life, make sure to let others know by sharing a review on Spotify or iTunes so we can keep our community growing. We absolutely adore giving away free gifts. Send us a screenshot of your review to team at theprism.org to receive a special meditation from us as a gift of gratitude. We absolutely cannot wait to connect with you in the next episode. Between now and then, don't forget to visit our website at theprism.org. And remember, the goal is always in you.